1: NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
0: From the Chris Wesley Podcast Studio, it's the Power Rankings Podcast. I'm Dan Hanses, joined by Colleen Wolf, Connie Fox, Connie. How are you? Welcome back. She's
1: back.
0: <laughs> She's back. What is this? She
1: feels great today. Yeah. Hi. Great. I missed you. Yeah.
0: I missed you as well. That song was wonderful. Thank you. Um, You know, it's good that you're back because some weird things are going on in our league right now. The Power Rankings job has never been more difficult.
1: Oh, I don't know how you're doing
0: it. I don't know what to do. I did the entire... On Monday, when I was putting together the power rankings this week, I had one hand typing on the keyboard, the other blowing into a brown paper bag (laughs) to keep from hyperventilating because this is hard. It, yeah, it doesn't make sense.
1: Nothing really makes sense. I'm not really sure like who what teams are good. I don't know what teams are actually bad. I don't really know what direction is up, what's down like it's it's crazy. And I'm just happy I don't have to do the ranking. I'm glad that's your job.
0: And you know I'm what? just here to judge. And it is. And we're going to get to the the top eight to start here. So let's take a look at it. Um We have the Bills coming off their win over the Chiefs stay at number one. The Eagles, the NFL's lone undefeated team, take out Dallas Sunday Night Football. They stay at two. I hope that's okay with you. It's probably not. The Chiefs stay at three. Okay, and those are the three teams that (laughs) I feel safe saying are great football teams. Great. Even though the Chiefs have a couple losses, they're a great team and they are cut above. Then there's a huge gap. Massive. And then we start with the bottom uh, five teams in the first quadrant. Vikings at four, which I'm not sold. That that doesn't make sense to me. But then who do you put above them? I have the Bengals at three and three at five, up four spots. The Dallas Cowboys coming off a loss on Sunday night, but a noble one on some level, I thought, up four. The G-Men all the way up from 13 to seven, which feels strong, but they're five and one. Mm-hmm. It's not the power mm-hmm. standings, but it's in, where we are now. I don't know what to kind of do with them. And then the Ravens let me down. They dropped three spots to number eight. And that's part of the issue here, Connie, Uh where the teams that I had in the top 10 last week, a lot of them kind of messed up. They, yeah. they played poorly. Like the, the Ravens are a perfect example. The Ravens go to the Meadowlands to face the four and one giants. Nobody's really taken the Giants seriously yet. Entering week six giants fans were, and then they let a lead get away and, So the Ravens made total sense as a number four team, but instead I have to drop them. And it's the Vikings that I have at number four. So let's start with them. They're five and one, Mm -hmm. but again, power rankings, not power standings. I'm not blown away by them. What did you think about them against the Dolphins?
1: So here, here's where I want to start because you talk about the top three teams being like, that is, that's the top tier. No question about it. I agree right now. Yeah.
0: And then a huge gap. I'm talking like, That's what I want to know. 6,000-mile gap.
1: Okay, so that 6,000-mile gap, like if you didn't have to put teams, slot them in at certain numbers, where would you start the rankings with the Vikings? Like, would you... Let's say there's like an unlimited amount of spots here. Unlimited. You you can put in some, some voids. Like, would you start them at 10? Would you start them...
0: I mean, they feel like in a normal season, and I don't know if this is answering your question, but your question kind of confuses me in a normal I think season. This is they, what I'm getting at. Though. They feel like a, a, a right now with their good start, a 10 to 12 type team, right? Uh, because of the completely uncertain nature of the league right now, I had to slot them higher than I feel like they are because it, it typically in this exercise, and I hope as the season goes on, we get a little more clarity on the situation. Any team That I have in like the top seven or so, but especially the team that comes in at number four, Mm -hmm. like I see them as a credible Super Bowl contender. But I'm not, I'm not there with the Vikings. I mean, I'll say like what Kirk Cousins said after the game, and it'd be good. I want you to listen to it. Very much the inverse of of 21. I I would walk off the field after we had lost and said, "We're playing so well. We're playing so well, and somehow, some way, we lost. But we're playing at a very high level this year." I'm saying. Gosh, we can play better, but we won. And it's just kind of an inverse and uh I'll take, you know, this any day. So he's invoking those salty ghosts of the Mike Zimmer era. They're getting up, they're getting a bump here cuz they're they're closing, but they're not dominant.
1: No. And Kirk Cousins, he is after the game just like drenched in diamond chains <laughs> on the plane, like he's having a great time, but it's hard for me to picture the Vikings as the fourth best team in the NFL when their offense is just like an on and off switch. Like it just goes yeah. in these waves and it was just so many three and outs. I mean, they during a certain point in this game, Minnesota had as many first downs as they had three and outs. They had seven, like this was 10 of their 15 drives ended in a three and out. Like I, I just am not totally sold. They're, of course, you know, they have a two game lead in the division. They're one of the few teams that have five wins. It feels like the entire league right now is three and three or under 500. But the defense looked good. It's just, I can't, I didn't really think that the Vikings were going to put it all together. And I still feel like it's almost week three in my mind, like it's too early to say that they are going to be able to really put in a push here for the division with the Packers looking the way that they are, but Kevin O'Connell and his first year as a head coach, is that going to happen?
0: I don't know what's going on um, with the the Vikings in terms of trust level. Um, Part of me does feel the same way you do. And I think, not to put words in your mouth, but like that, there's probably like a, the inconsistencies probably will lead to that classic Minnesota lose three in a row or four out of six. And it kind of brings their record back to where you think it probably should be. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's what I think of them. I think they're a good, but not great team, but that's just where we are right now. As we look also elsewhere in tier one, you know, the Bengals at five is another example. Like, yeah, I really like Cincinnati. I've been higher. I know there are other off brand power rankings throughout the uh, media sphere mm-hmm. uh, that you don't really have to pay attention to. This, no, this, this is, is the only one the power rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure if you were to for, I guess, just because you're wasting time, maybe you're in prison and you have time <laughs> to kill. I don't know. Um, you would te- you would look at my rankings and then look at these other rankings. My love of the bangles or what seems like love is probably going to shine above other power rankings. I've kind of stuck with them through thick and thin through the start of the season. And what gets them into the top five is two things. One, again, winning, just winning in week Mm -hmm. six is going to give you a bump in a very unsettled landscape in the top half of this league. And two, I thought it was really good to see two things. Joe Mixon looking like Joe Mixon again, but most importantly, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow unlocking that magic, especially in the second half. And I said with Steve Weiss last week, Connie, that one of Zach Taylor's jobs heading into New Orleans, pop the hood on this offense and figure out why Jamar Chase isn't an exlo- explosive right. playmaker. And that's exactly what he was. I, on Sunday. I,
1: my biggest issue is whether or not their offense is going to be okay. Now going forward, ha- have they figured it out? Is this now the, the equation? Is this what they're going to use going forward? But when, you have one good game and you win by four. Like that's now all of a sudden they're a top five team, but like, no, they're not. You can even say this with the Vikings because the Vikings outside of like their only loss, the Vikings was against the Eagles and their only dominant win was week one against the Packers. So you have just this like weird watered down middle. It's a
0: huge, soft underbelly of the league. And just like with the Vikings, what in a normal season, quote unquote, normal season, Cincinnati feels like a team they would live in that like 12 to 15 range, maybe closer to 12, uh, maybe even 11. Yeah. But the way things are now, they get the W. And I think what kind of drove me to really give them the bump here up four spots is Joe, Joe Burrow is just so special. And I, I watch, I watch these games and, When he's getting better and better, they were so out of sync to start the season. The offensive line was a mess. That's gotten better and better, and it's allowing Burrow to be comfortable and be the dude that he is. So with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and now Jamar Chase unlocked, I could see this team going off on a bit of a rampage. They they absolutely could,
1: especially when you consider that all three losses were on game-ending field goals. They needed to come from behind win again this time, but their run defense is an issue. The Saints ran all over them yep. for over 200 rushing yards. Their next game, though, is against the Falcons. And they got one of the most surprising wins, too, of the week. That another, was just like another team. Attack. Right. So that could be an issue coming up on Sunday.
0: Yes, it could. And the Falcons. That's the other thing here, Connie. I was talking about with our friend Dave Damashek yeah. on his podcast on I Monday. I love Dave. The The teams that we thought were going to stink in our league are better than we yeah. thought and the teams that we thought were going to be good or kind of be middle of the pack, most of them have come down. And that's created this bizarre situation where you would usually say, oh, Cincinnati gets to go to Atlanta now. And that's a good spot for them. No, the, the Falcons are certified frisky. Uh-huh. They just beat the Niners, another right. team that I would have loved to put up at number four this week. But then they let me down. The Cowboys, and this is probably unprecedented in, in, uh, in the history of the power rankings since I've been doing it, to move... Hot, like a big move in the top 10 off a loss. Again, does it feel quite right? No. But at the same time, it, it, you got to look at the landscape of the league. I thought it was noble the way they were able to battle back the Eagles, incredible. You know, Connie. I mean, that second Eagles half. Fan. My
1: God, they got to wake up.
0: The, well, the second quarter, the Eagles have scored more points through six games in the second quarter than any team in the history of the NFL. They love the second so
1: quarter. So they put
0: up 20 in the second quarter. They, uh, you know, took a, a 20 to three lead, I believe it was, into the second half. And they got their running game going, Dallas. They got some stops on defense, made it an interesting game. Now, Cooper Rush, it's time for Cooper Rush to step step aside Good job Cooper. It was Cooper. a great story. Great story. Loved but you it. finally saw what would happen uh, when Cooper Rush gets put in a negative game script in a tough road environment, three interceptions. But now Dak Prescott is, there are reports that he is ready to l- return against the Lions. So, back to stabilize the offense with one of the best defenses in football. I felt like you had to move him up after a good showing against one of the big 3 of the Eagles.
1: Uh, well, yeah, and obviously Cooper Rush has done a great job. He's kept Dallas's season alive. He's done better than I think most people expected him to do. He's a good backup quarterback, He's but all right. I don't know. you know, look, they they won. I feel
0: like a little bit uh, I feel like if you watch these Cooper games and I know you you're out.
1: You're out now or you you're just nah, like
0: I mean, I feel like he did he did his job. But also in each of the last three games, I think he got away with passes and until the Eagles game. I think if we would have continued down this path or if Dak, God forbid, for Cowboys fans had a setback, it probably wouldn't be good news. But you're right. On balance, he did his job. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't want to be negative.
1: No. I, so listen, you want to talk negative That's about the Cowboys? <laughs> um, I am definitely not here for it. What? Um, but I, I think to i speaking of run defenses that have had some issues, when the Eagles took over in the fourth for that game-sealing drive that they had, I mean, they ran... Ten times on that drive. Every third down was more than manageable for them. Like four out of the last six games, the Cowboys defense have allowed over 120 rushing yards. So they have the Lions and the Bears up next. And both of those teams have top 10 rushing offenses. That could be a major problem. But they are playing their next four games against the NFC North. So You know, that could also help.
0: In an uncertain league, that's a pretty soft landing space right now. The team right behind the Cowboys is the Giants, who have lost one game this season to the Cowboys. the Giants. What are the Giants? It's time for power moves presented by Energizer. They're up six spots uh, to number seven. If you look at the... Season rank trajectory. Oh, great work by Drew Christensen, our editor, uh, who, who producer, our producer who does does incredible work. They started at 28. I'm just going to go through week by week as the okay. old Zeuser has been trying to figure out the Giants being really good for some reason. Right,
1: they're five and one
0: All right, right now. Five and one. They went from 28 <laughs> to start the season. 21, 19, down to 22 after the Cowboys lost in week four. 19, 13, seven. They just hang around, Connie.
1: You really didn't want to take them out of that like ground that they were in, that like you know late what? teens, and, early twenties. Yeah,
0: quote unquote normal year. Yeah. They're like a twelve or thirteen mystery team for me. Mm-hmm. But in this year, they keep winning. They keep beating teams that I like, like the Ravens. Uh another great performance, especially late, forcing two turnovers of Lamar, getting the go-ahead touchdown, of course, from Saquon Barkley and Again, every game ends, Connie, with Brian Dable, a shot from the camera. Freaking out. Coming off the sidelines, <laughs> pumping his fist, pointing <laughs> to his parents or whoever in the crowd, and everybody slapping him on the back. I know you don't like the Giants either as an no, Eagles fan. am kind of a nice story here in the Meadowlands.
1: I'm fair. I'm balanced. I will give <laughs> what a pro. uh, people props when they deserve it. And this is so
0: hard for you even to say these no,
1: things. No, I'm not. I'm serious. Your mouth. The Giants <laughs> have been fun to watch. And I'm going to get like, you know, strike me down now. Like, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: Bolt of I- Lightning, just the skeleton next to me in the <laughs> studio and the ashes.
1: It's it's true. I am guilty of watching uh Wink Martindale and the defense looking really good, especially against Lamar Jackson and his former team, and you know that he just wanted that win so bad and somehow this offense is they're creatively making it work and they don't have any receivers. They just have Saquon. Like I don't know how long they can go on with this formula, but they're doing it now and they have wins over the Packers and the Ravens. So then it's kind of like, well, should they be higher or are we not using the Packers as a measuring stick anymore? Where, where does that fall?
0: I think it's fair to ask. I think, again, as the season takes shape and we understand how unpredictable this whole thing is a team like the giants well-coached with a superstar running back an improved offensive line and a defensive coordinator who's getting the very most out of his defense, that's going to win games in a league with a lot of teams that are kind of in the middle. They're going to win a lot of close games this year. I don't think that's fluky. I'm kind of buying in now that this could be, you know, a 10, 11 win giants team, so that's why they are where they are. And the Ravens, by the way, what are we doing, Ravens? My God. What? You know, they are up to three losses in which they had led by at least 10 points at some point in a game. That matches a team record. It's week six.
1: It's it's not going well <laughs> for the Ravens. Like, this, this is an ugly, ugly loss. Uh, and Lamar Jackson has... A lot to answer for it. I mean, this was one of his his worst
0: Lamar, showings. M- Lamar blew that game, but John Harbaugh needs to get some heat, too, because blowing all these games is not a good look. Let's check out Tier 2, as we call it. I call it Quadrant. Okay. Number 2. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, Buccaneers at 9, down 3. There's something off in the mix. Uh, down in Tampa. Very off. The Chargers, I don't know what to do with the Chargers. Chargers, another one. You know, beat up on Denver on Monday Night Football, and maybe even I'll slide you up at four and two to the number four spot, but not even close. The defense was fine, but the offense, ugh. Dustin
1: Hopkins, though.
0: Niners down seven to 11, which might seem like a big drop, but there's a lot of injuries to that defense that are now really affecting the bottom line. Rams up three uh, with a win over the Panthers. The Jets, my Jets, up four. I thought I showed some good like discipline here not to go too nuts after beating the Packers and Lambeau I, all the way up to 13 Titans down three to 14 on a buy. Tough luck, but things are weird right now. Packers down seven to 15, which is as low as they've ever been since I've done this in four years. And the Raiders also sitting on a buy. They just get shifted a little bit uh, due to. The I was wondering machinations about that of the league. I was wondering so how machinations are Matt it. I think it's machinations.
1: machinations. I think. But anyway, the I was wondering how you approach bye weeks in your rankings. Now that we had the first first bye weeks last week, another one obviously this yeah. week. Like this, ha- what happens?
0: This once again shows the instability <laughs> of NFL right now. That usually almost always with a bye week, I never move a team. I either lock them into their spot or they get drop one or raise one um, based on what's going on around the team. But things are so strange now and fluid that bye weeks teams are moving around, which is an unintended uh, after effect of a very strange football season. I feel
1: like you you kind of told me at the beginning of the season about your number 13 slot and how that is just like a weird kind of mystical place for teams to be. You don't really know what that team is, but I feel like just a full, the full middle of your power rankings are yes, the exactly. number 13 team. There's a
0: lot of miss. <laughs> I just, I stuck to the, we'll get to the jets in a second. Let's start with the bucks. Okay. Uh, the bucks are at nine. There's a lot wrong um, with the bucks who just don't, they don't seem to have a lot of juice right now. Uh, the offense, it's so hard, Connie, for this offense to, to gain yards and score points, which nobody predicted. They
1: just keep imploding in the red zone. Like, n- nothing about this offense is tapped in. Like, they're they're pepper spraying themselves with penalties and mistakes. Like, it, it, they can't get out of their own way. Brady can't even get a yard on a sneak anymore. Like, it is... That was
0: kind of like the whoa, whoa moment. Yeah. What is
1: going on here? It, yeah. It's just, it's kind of weird and sad to watch. And then we saw Tom Brady freaking out on the sideline. I mean, we've seen that before, but now it just seems a little different knowing what we know about what's going on in his personal life and then seeing his professional life with the way that the Bucks are performing. I don't know what's wrong with the Bucks offense, but him him and Godwin are not on the same page at all. There's just so many miscommunications.
0: Yeah. And of course, everything now is being examined uh, with Brady who goes to Robert Kraft's birthday party turned wedding a
1: surprise wedding
0: surprise wedding uh on Friday misses a team walkthrough on Saturday as a result which and then is uncharacteristically inaccurate in Sunday's game uh leading to Todd Bowles having to answer questions about whether Brady's treated different well of course he's treated different he's Tom Brady but that's never a good look um so we have a situation with Brady and I was sending out tweets about got to be better. We'll be ready to go Sunday with it's not just him. It's other players on the team in the photo. Um, I think his frustration is palpable. You see it. You Mm -hmm. see the pressure on him. We can't get in his head and figure out what else is going on behind the scenes, but I think you could connect some dots that this Mm -hmm. has been a very difficult uh, few months for Mr. Brady and think about what this Tampa uh, offense struggled against Uh, a Pittsburgh defense without TJ Watt, Mm -hmm. the reigning defensive player of the year and without three of its starting cornerbacks, and they couldn't get it done.
1: It 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 makes me wonder if Pittsburgh has figured out how to get pressure without T.J. Watt. But also, it makes me even more concerned about this Bucks team and, and the fact that their O line is having major issues. We knew that's been a storyline since training camp. Their rookie guard is having major growing pains, and that's messing them up with Leonard Fournette in the backfield, not having any time. Like he's getting swarmed. I
0: think they'll grind it out. And I think because their defense is still very good. Uh, the defense overall with the one blip of the Kansas City primetime game a couple weeks ago has been as good as advertised. I think they'll be OK, but I think it's a little bit of a grind and surprising. Also a grind, the, the Niners, um, and as I said, they drop look further than I would have usually because mm-hmm. at a certain point, you can't look the other way on how many injuries. Oh, my God. Um, they were down. They were down to four of 11 of their 11 projected starters on their defense, uh, by the end of their 28, 14 loss to the Falcons. And I, I saw, and I know, uh, Greg Rosenthal on around the NFL pointed to, uh, Marcus Mariota or excuse me, Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense not being built to play from behind. I, I see that, but they also had a couple of big misses on plays that could have, uh, Put them back in the game on catch and run balls, which is what they're all about. They're the Yak Bros. The real thing is this defense, which is you're seeing the cracks now because they've simply lost too many key players.
1: It's they're they're just way too wounded right now, and the team is not built to accommodate that whatsoever. No team is. No, none. No team is. This is at the end, like you said, there was only four healthy defensive starters to end that game. Eleven of twenty two starters were missing. Like this was. This was a mess for them. And when you don't have guys like Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead coming in, like you're going to give up a season high 28 points to Ufanga. Atlanta, who hadn't been doing anything offensively.
0: No, they looked very competent, the Falcons. Uh, in fact, they're a team to keep an eye on in a wide open league. The Packers, as we talked about, the Packers are kind of a mess. They're kind of sloppy. Uh, Speaking of around the NFL, we have a new trope where we track the teams that when things are going bad, either offensive or defensively, go to the media and say, well, it's time to simplify things in their play calling or their (laughs) scheme. And it's usually kind of a indirect shot, a transparent indirect shot at the coaching staff's ability to lead. Uh, I'm not saying there's a You know, uh, uprising afoot in Green Bay. Maybe there is though. Frustration is real. Uh, So keep an eye on what's going on with the Packers. They have all the way down to fifteen, and they just looked non-competitive against yes, the Jets, who I have at fourteen. And I, again, I try to have some. At 13, 13, yes. I I try to have discipline uh, with my favorite team one way or the other, whether they're really bad or really good, not to be too emotional about it. Uh, But the Jets, with this young team, and I love the new moniker, the Baby Jets. Baby Jets. They expect to win now. Those wins that seem like lucky, fluky wins against Cleveland and then Pittsburgh, that kind of, that was the base. And then they blew out the Dolphins in the fourth quarter in a game that got really tight. Mm And you could see the switch flip. So by the time they got to Green Bay, they expected to win. Sauce Gardner expects to win. Brees Hall expects to go over 100 yards rushing. They expect to get to the quarterback. And they destroyed Aaron Rodgers and that offensive line. Oh. Quinnen Williams is playing like an all-pro. He's everywhere. And leading a really strong uh, front four, front seven. It's it's all there, Connie, for the Jets. All they need, Connie, because, I'm again, I'm trying to the quarterback. stay calm here. I need to see more from the quarterback. Mm-hmm. If Zach Wilson matures and develops, they could be the Bengals. They really could. But that's a big ask because he's not Joe Burrow right now, not even no, close.
1: No. But they're they're getting it done. Three straight wins and the Packers and Dolphins wins, like this was they beat them by a combined score of 67 to 27. Like, and I just want to say a lot of Jets fans in my mentions, they're not happy that I haven't picked the Jets. I apologize. This is not a personal thing, but I think now <laughs> I have to start picking the Jets because I'm starting to believe in them. Right. And Sauce is, is the one that's, that's making me do it. Like, I love oh. the energy. Oh,
0: the swag of wearing the cheese head, oh. throwing his arms up like he's in Rome at the Coliseum. So good. Uh, that came after with Brees Hall jumped and did the Lambeau Leap. After uh, his touchdown run that basically sealed the game. That's swag. That's stuff that we haven't seen as Jet since Bart Scott was interviewed by Sal Pal at Foxborough in the 2010 playoffs and said, can't wait. Like the Jets believe. Yeah. Look out.
1: This is. There were so many aspects of their game that shined. Like, the running game came up huge, as you just mentioned, with Brees Hall. They had two rushing touchdowns. The defense was swarming, four total sacks. Special teams even got in there with the block punt and a field goal. Like, this was, this was a fun, fun watch. And I feel like a lot of times these teams, you know, people make a little too much about, like, oh, they have that swag. But right. honestly... That's a lot of times what the it secret matters, is. matters,
0: especially with a young team, and they get the Broncos next, who are a disaster yep. on offense and in pass protection, and Russ isn't seeing the field. Am I going to lock up the Jets on the Around the NFL podcast? I just might. Ooh. All right, let's take a break and hit the back half of the 32 teams of our league. Be right back. back to the Power Rankings presented by So Let's go through 17 through 24, the third quadrant. Patriots up four spots and looking Ooh. frisky at 17. Falcons up four spots up to 18 after taking out the 49ers and really outplaying them while they did it. The Saints down three spots to 19. Seahawks up four spots to 20. The Colts up seven spots to 21. The Steelers up five after Mitch Trubisky saved the day. Uh to number twenty two. The Dolphins down five to twenty-three and the Broncos after another oh. ugh, grim primetime performance by their offense. Clock into twenty four down one spot. Uh let's start here with the Patriots. I am um I'll take a little victory lap on this one, Connie. Because- you have zappy fever? Uh, Zappy fever. I have a lot of respect for what Bailey Zappy uh, has done here, uh, but there was so much talk entering the season about the Patriots losing the plot in terms of their philosophy and their understanding of what scheme and, and continuity and, and the idea of installing a new offensive game plan without Josh McDaniels and, you know, having uh, Matt Patricia and Joe judge in the building. What a joke. Was and it's just like, place. my God, Bill Belichick, <laughs> Is doing it all because he is the greatest coach of all time. He tied George Alice for career wins with a dominating showing against the Browns. And yes, Bailey Zappi, he gets a ton of credit. The fourth round pick in place of Mac Jones. Connie Belichick has a huge role in that as well, with, of course, Patricia and Judge to a certain extent. He's playing like a veteran in his third start, like mm-hmm. a good veteran.
1: Yeah. And, and you know who didn't go to Robert Croft's wedding? Surprise wedding. <laughs> it wasn't Bailey Zappi. It wasn't Bill Belichick either, because he had to prepare for this game, and Zappi was prepared. That Threw is
0: kind of fascinating. For I over have 300 yards, I know,
1: right? Like,
0: Bill didn't go.
1: Bill was like, "I got work."
0: Tom went. Bill didn't go. Bill didn't go. still is with the Patriots. Uh huh. Bill didn't go.
1: Yeah, he he had he had the Browns to prepare for.
0: That's not a great look for Tom. Mm.
1: I know, it's not. But the Patriots, hey, they look good. And I like the fact that they've they have simplified things for Bailey Zappi and it has worked. There's like a lot of short throws. But you're not hearing
0: any of the players saying that. it's very different between that right. internally being the case and players being like, We need to simplify. Especially
1: a quarterback
0: <laughs> to to
1: Rogers caliber like that yes. is no good so the Patriot obviously Zappy looked good and then the defense they forced Brissett into three turnovers they limited the Browns rushing offense like that was a full effort by them I mean are they are the Packers better than the Patriots I don't, I don't know. know I don't know I don't really know imagine, anymore th-
0: imagine the s- me telling you that we would be having this conversation back in August.
1: No, I, that's why I don't know why we even have conversations in August.
0: I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> August exists at this office. Um, <laughs> speaking of quarterbacks that are surprising us this year, Geno Smith and the Seahawks, uh, they come in at number 20 up four spots. Uh from twenty-four. And yes, I tease it with Gino, but what was interesting about the latest Seahawks win it was it wasn't about Gino. Uh that 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 defense actually stepped up. I think a lot of that connects Connie to how bad the Cardinals in that horrendous scheme with Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> uh, but credit where credit is due. Uh the Seahawks getting stops and cornerback Tariq Woolen is a rookie of the year candidate uh. for interceptions in four games, including the clincher. Uh against Hollywood Brown, who got hurt on that play as well. By hey,
1: way. He recovered the fumble too, Tyreek Woolen, Like this was, their rookies, first of all, are really standing out. Like they had a great draft, but the defense, I've been waiting the entire season. the All, all five games I've been waiting. And then game six, they showed up. <laughs> it's
0: like, Connie, where are you? Like you were supposed to meet me uh, today. No, no, no. I'm still waiting no. for the Seattle Seahawks defense. They haven't
1: showed up yet. So, um, yeah, I was just like stranded for a while (laughs) waiting for them to pick me up. And finally, you said
0: you'd meet me at the dog park. Yeah. No, Seattle Seahawks defense hasn't arrived yet. It's all
1: their fault. I blame them for everything, <laughs> but they won Seattle the game like that was they allowed zero touchdowns for, to the Cardinals offense. The only touchdown that game was on special teams like they sacked Kyler six times. This was this was every time that Arizona went for it on fourth down, which I don't know why they kept doing
0: the, because the Seahawks they're analytically were driven. like, nope, I, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm not. I'm holding on the Seattle uprising on defense, okay. and more pinning it on the Cardinals stink um, okay. right now. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure Pete slept well. This was the grand plan, which we it.
1: were all like, well, I don't know what the Seahawks are doing, the, and huh?
0: The grand plan in Indianapolis is that Matt Ryan would come and stabilize that offense, and it hasn't really been the case until. I was waiting all like Dan, come on. Your son, he's it's his uh we go. kindergarten graduation. Wheels up no no I'm waiting for the Colts <laughs> offense to hit its stride. It did happen uh on Sunday with a three hundred and eighty-nine yard performance of three touchdowns and forty two of fifty-eight passing for Matty Ice. But the most important thing I thought, fifty-eight dropbacks. No sacks against the Jaguars, which says a lot about Jacksonville and, you know, Trayvon Walker and what was supposed to be a better defense, but it does tell you that maybe Frank Reich has some things starting to fall into place uh, for the Colts because it looks so bad. Uh, in the initial weeks.
1: Thankfully, I, I was really starting to worry about Frank Reich, and I was even...
0: And you love yourself from some Frank Reich.
1: Yeah, I was thinking to myself after the game, or before the game on Sunday, alright, if they lose this game, like, are we going down a path where Frank Reich, he's going to get fired, and then ultimately next season he's going to join Doug Peterson in Jacksonville and go to, like, <laughs> the enemy. I had this whole <laughs> wow. thing in my head. But...
0: What's it like inside your head? Oh, it God, like a torture just, trap. it's so
1: busy. There's just so much stuff <laughs> always happening relax, it's so disorganized down. up there is there um,
0: something you can do like to, to relax <laughs> like in general is there anything you do like a pastime i don't know it could help you
1: just sleeping i think but even that's difficult um <laughs> though i have started figure skating again and that works what's up with that uh it's been going How's great
0: it, how is it physically Are awesome it, is your I'm is so your body sore. able to like return to that
1: it has been so amazing it seems like it'd be hard I thought so too. And that's why I kind of avoided skating for a while because I was worried and afraid to see where I was. And I've gone like three times now and... I'm almost back to exactly where I was. Like, I'm... Look at you. I'm working on my doubles already. I'm doing, like, spins, all of it. So, it's great. Anyway, the Colts, yeah, they look great. With no Jonathan Taylor or Naheem Hines, too. So, like, you know, you can always they'll knock be, the They'll be off. okay.
0: They'll be in the, that race in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, let's talk about the Broncos. Uh, you know, the thing that was so... Disappointing and God, all these island games with Denver. It's absurd how many times America has been forced to sit down and watch this offense. How much
1: longer will we have to go through this?
0: It starts with Russell Wilson completing his first 10 passes, including that 39 yard touchdown pass uh, to Greg Dolchich. And it was like, okay, all right, finally. And I I am not saying this is all at all as a uh, Russell Wilson fantasy owner. That's not where any of this is coming from. (laughs) Uh, And then snap your fingers, and that was it. That was another dispiriting, gruesome uh, display of offense for Russell Wilson, the highly paid trade import, and Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach who was the quarterback guru under Aaron Rodgers. That feels like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about who is a head coach in a ton of danger right now? It is Nathaniel Hackett. I know it's his first year, but look out with new ownership there and this team completely lost
1: this was another Broncos tragedy that we had to watch and it's just becoming too much, but it is so weird to see Russell Wilson look the way that he does. Like this is, I thought this was an MVP caliber quarterback who every year we're like, Oh, he's never gotten an MVP vote. And you know, look at all the things he can do. He's still in his peak. He's still in his prime. He can make things happen. He's fourth quarter comeback, you know, comeback King all the time. (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say comebacking all of the time. And then, the, the, yeah. The
0: fourth quarter, comeback king that- all of the time. That <laughs> was good.
1: I told you, there's a lot going on <laughs> in the brain.
0: Um, it's not all a Wilson. Backlog. Everyone wants to put everything on Wilson. <laughs> a lot of it's on Wilson. And you could even, you know, Troy was calling him out uh, on the ESPN crew for missing some reads that he should have made. But, God, the scheme is really rough, too. Yeah. The, there's just, right, you know, Aikman also called out some of the routes that were being run is just... Just being subpar and those third downs, how many third downs, third and mediums, third and longs, where Wilson takes the snap, and maybe for people that are more like strategically inclined than I, uh, you could point out that's on the quarterback too. He should have been recognizing certain things. Mm -hmm. But as soon as the ball snapped, there's four guys darting at Wilson and the play's over before it starts. It's just a broken offense. The defense is great. Yeah. But the offense is the worst. They were
1: they were just blowing up Wilson, like play after play. And not only that, but they haven't committed to the run. So they're not really putting Wilson who's going to run I, they don't have anyone they I mean you have Melvin Gordon Melvin Gordon looking so sad on the sideline wishing for a revenge game I that know, he would I have felt never so bad for him. gotten anyway Javante
0: Williams out for the year you're, you're using Latavius Murray who let's be honest is just not an impact player at this stage of his career and yeah Melvin Gordon I did feel bad for him he said after the game it really hurt to a kind of be benched uh, not kind of be be benched essentially and then the char- bad job by the Chargers who were putting him up on the screen with like a clown, clown face it's like, like come on now
1: that's awful. Let's
0: clean up the game day operation there. Don't
1: like that at all. But also, he wasn't given any type of heads up either, like at halftime. So he was just kind of sitting there waiting for well, his number life. to be called. Oh, that's I, I hate that for him.
0: The second half and overtime for Denver, 15 yards passing, 24 yards lost on sacks alone. Ooh. Uh, We'll start with the Browns at 25 down five spots. They're not very good, the Browns, and it's the defense that's the reason why. Uh, the Cardinals down seven to twenty-six. A very tough watch. There's some real tough watches in this group.
1: This whole group is just like down red down arrows.
0: Yeah, the Jaguars down two to twenty-seven. Jer- Trevor Lawrence got off the mat a little bit there, but the defense took a step back, as I said, with the Colts. The Lions on the bye down two to twenty-eight. The Bears, Commanders, Texans, and Panthers uh round out the list. They don't move at all. The Browns, yeah, like I said, um, Joe Woods the defensive coordinator could be in trouble here because the scheme is not working. They're not getting stops. The Patriots with a, with a third string quarterback, let's keep let's remember that. It was Brian Hoyer replacing Mac Jones mm-hmm. and then Bailey Zappi. just shredded them. Uh and they they're bad against the run. And then you got Nick Chubb getting 12 carries in that game. It's just like the whole thing it feels a little off with Cleveland.
1: A uh, little off? It's a lot off. The the Browns the fact that they are 2 and 4 After facing, as you mentioned, Bailey Zappi, Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky, Joe Flacco, and Baker Mayfield. Like, this is not okay. And when you look at their schedule, they're getting ready to go up against Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Tua, Josh Allen, and Tom Brady. So, things um, are bad now, but they could get a lot worse.
0: They could get a lot worse, but like, you know, the theme that we were talking about at the beginning of this episode... You also don't know. Like, all these teams are kind of pretty close. Could they put it together and make some changes? Maybe they need to simplify uh, the playbook on defense and the scheme, and that could get them better. They still have Nick Chubb, who is arguably the best running back in football. Give him the rock. Don't put Jake Brisket in a, at a place where he could be exposed like he was against Bill Belichick, which was you know something you could see coming from a million miles away. Right behind the Browns, excuse me, let's finish by talking about the Cardinals, yeah. who – Um, I don't know what they're going to do. Now, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, as we saw on that interception that that iced the game for Seattle, suffers a foot injury that's going to knock him out for multiple weeks. They pivot and trade for Robbie Anderson. And I just got to be honest with (laughs) you. Oh, my God. I, this is not, I don't want to get on Robbie Anderson, but I don't know if this is a good spot for Robbie Anderson, who's a guy who's known to show his frustration both on the sideline and with his coaching staff, uh, when the ball's not coming his way. And now he's going to an offense where they have no idea how to get the ball to their wide receivers. He is a streaker. He's a guy that not, he doesn't get nude and no, he, run on the field Yeah, or maybe he has. Maybe I've that's never why seen he was it. traded. Yeah. But he's a guy that can, uh, beat you deep. And that's what they need in their offense. You have DeAndre Hopkins he's coming, coming back. back this week, but losing Hollywood's a big thing. He was like the only good story on this offense this year.
1: Yeah. Well, I, they at first feared it was season ending for Hollywood and he'll be, hopefully he'll be back six weeks. It looks like four to six weeks. Um, and then when they have DeAndre Hopkins back, I think that that will change things because he's such a game changer,
0: but see though,
1: how much, uh, honestly, still? at I this know. point, I don't know how much the return of DeAndre Hopkins is going to matter if it's going to save them that much. Like there is just too much wrong with this team and there's not enough talent, I think to make a difference.
0: That's well said Connie. And that is a look at the league of 32. And as I said, check it out on NFL.com slash power rankings for the full rundown uh, that I put together. Uh, It is the big three and a whole lot of let's see. (laughs)
1: Pretty much. That's where we
0: are. (laughs) Thank you for everybody for listening and watching. And remember, we're here every Tuesday trying to figure this thing out, Connie.
1: Come on. We'll be back. (gasps) Maybe with more answers. Maybe. Hopefully. Probably
0: more questions. Till next week. Later.
1: NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.